it was noted that research by Marianne Gary, Robert Michael, and Irving Kirsch stated that a deliberate suggestion can influence how well people remember things, how they respond to medical treatments, and even how well they perform and behave. Thanks for joining the CC America podcast, where we are getting mentally fit through testimonies of faith, inspiration, and transformation. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to a live taping of the CC America podcast. I am your host, Tamaria Jordan, and today's show is titled The Power of Suggestion. So on this episode, I will be talking about how our own personal opinions and the opinions and thoughts of others sometimes impacts how or if we decide to make a move how we see situations, how we experience situations. So throughout this episode, I will share some personal examples as well as some additional context regarding how the power of suggestion is at work, whether we recognize it or not. For anyone tuning in, and this is your first time listening to the CC America podcast, this is a show dedicated to sharing testimonies of faith, inspiration, and transformation. Topics are real, they are relevant, educational, and engaging. Our hope is that you will walk away learning something new and feeling inspired. So on that note, I will jump right in with regard to the power of suggestion. So I did a little research on this particular topic, and it turns out that from a psychological standpoint, the power of suggestion can really change your life. And according to Psychology Today, they actually did a study, and it was noted that research by Marianne Gary, Robert Michael, and Irving Kirsch stated that a deliberate suggestion can influence how well people remember things, how they respond to medical treatments, and even how well they perform and behave. So they talk about something called response expectancies. So this means, according to the article, that the way we anticipate our response to a situation influences how we will actually respond. So once you expect something to happen, your behaviors, thoughts, and reactions will actually contribute to making that expectation occur. When I was reviewing this, I thought it was really powerful, but it also made me think about life and how often we may allow others to suggest things to us, how we sometimes suggest things to ourselves. Even if people are well-meaning and they provide a suggestion based on their own personal experiences, it's not a bad thing. It's their reality. So you must take a moment to step back and consider for yourself if this is the reality that you want to have, or do you expect something to be different? So ironically, I couldn't sleep. So I actually woke up. It is now 2.41 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I was debating on whether or not to release this episode now or to wait. But my mind just kept thinking, this is a message that people need to hear. And also a message that I need to reinforce for myself Because when I think about situations in my life, and I have quite a few personal examples where the power of suggestion was at work. So one of the first ones that comes to mind is when I was 
in a situation at a previous employer. I enjoyed my job, but there were some challenges that I faced along the way. And one of the things that I wanted to do was expand my experience. And I actually wanted to get into the training and development field. However, I wasn't sure how to start. So the power of suggestion, meaning what other people had suggested to me is that I was in a really good position. I should be happy with where I am and that it would be difficult for me to make that transition because I did not have the experience in that field. So for a while, I let that hold me back from even applying for the jobs. Now, once I started applying for the jobs, let me tell you, it was actually quite hilarious because I was turned down 10 times. I ended up saving all of my job posts as a reminder to myself of how many times I applied for a job in training and development and I didn't get it. Fast forward to now, I've been in training and development 10 years. How ironic is that? I applied over 10 times to start my track in training and development officially. I had done some training and development type jobs throughout the years, but never specifically in a training and development role. So I knew that I had a passion for helping and educating others, but I hadn't been able to get the experience. So, you know, sometimes when people say the reason you can't get this job is because you don't have the experience, but then you don't get the job. So you aren't given an opportunity to get that experience. That's exactly how I felt because I tried 10 times and 10 times I was told, no, not good enough. No, you need more experience, but I couldn't get that experience. And so I had to look at that situation a little bit differently and approach it differently for a door to open. So I share that because, you know, the power of suggestion told me you should be happy where you are to give up to stop trying to get out of a field when you don't have the experience. Just stick with what you know because it's comfortable. However, my faith told me that if I believed those suggestions, that I would stay where I was, even though I felt that I had a different call on my life. And the job I was in, it was a fast track to leadership. It was a great experience. I learned a lot, but I felt like there was more. And that feeling would never go away until I actually started where I am now. And when I say started where I am now, meaning started a career that helped me to get to where I am now. But imagine if I would have stopped after the second or the third or the fourth time, but I kept going. 10 denials later, I kept pushing forward until that door opened. But had I believed and listened to the people who said, you know, it's gonna be hard to change careers. You've already been in this particular field for over five years, why don't you just stick with this? What they didn't know is that my dream and my purpose and my call was greater than where I was. But I had to believe and suggest to myself that my call and my purpose was greater. And then I had to make a concerted effort to make different decisions to gain that experience and or to highlight that experience to get the job that I wanted. Another example along the same vein is I remember when I actually wanted to pass and I was considering starting a new job. 
the same power of suggestion was at work because the feedback I got was, where else are you going to go? These are the types of things I would hear. Or where are you going to go and make the amount of money that you make now? But those suggestions were rooted in the individual's own fear. And there were multiple individuals who gave me advice along the way in my career, some of which was encouraging and uplifting. Other times, subconsciously, they were projecting their fears onto me. And sometimes I allowed it to slow me down. What I didn't do is allow it to stop me, but it did slow me down at times. And I realize that now. And I wonder when I look back and I even think about CC America, this was a passion and a dream of mine from August, 2010. However, I had a vision that God didn't give to other people. He gave it to me. What I did was I went to people that I trusted for their opinion. And because God didn't give them my vision, they gave me their opinion based on their own experience. Some of that experience was limited in the area in which I was trying to move into, but I didn't know that at the time. And don't get me wrong, I think it's great to get advice and to solicit opinions, but similar to what the, the article from Psychology Today states, that research shows that how we look at and expect things to happen have a huge impact on how we experience those things in our life. So a little bit later in the show, I'll talk about how we can turn that around and utilize the power of suggestion to help us. But it is important to note that sometimes those suggestions, even well-meaning, may not necessarily be helpful for you, especially if you find that the suggestion creates for you unnecessary fear, worry, doubt, or frustration. So when we think about our own suggestions, so now let's think about ourselves and where those suggestions may come from, those things or thoughts that we have in our mind. When I think about my own personal life, some of those beliefs that I have about myself were things that were pushed upon me, someone else's opinion of how they saw me versus how I saw myself. So I have been making a conscious effort to shift my own mindset so that I am working on and projecting the things in life that I want to get back out of it. So if I want to receive positivity out of life, I have to give positivity. I have to think positive thoughts. I have to engage in activities that produce a positive result. And so for me, I have been literally shifting my mindset so that while other people may suggest that, you know what, you may not be ready for this or, you know, no one is doing this right now or whatever those thoughts are, I can allow that to stop me or I could keep quiet and just keep going. And that's something that has been a hard lesson for me because I always want to share, but sometimes that oversharing has led me to stop in my tracks and not do what I feel that God has called me to do, which is to inspire the lives of others. And for years, I listened to the opinions and thoughts and sometimes it would prevent me from moving forward. But now in my experience and growth and knowledge, I have learned that I get to choose 
what my reality is and what my future looks like. So there is actually research that talks specifically about mindset. Over 30 years ago, uh, Dr. Carol Dweck and her colleagues were interested in how students achieve in life and also how they look at failure. So what was researched back then was looking at how people can adjust based on their mindset. So at the time, they coined the terms fixed mindset and a growth mindset, which really talks about how people are motivated and also how they achieve. When they believe that they can achieve, that they can grow, that they can do more, they actually do. So when you think about a growth mindset, some people describe that as having the freedom, the freedom to keep going, to persevere when you may face failure or you go through experiences that are difficult. It is the ability to create new skills and experiences. It looks at how you find inspiration from other people's success, how you may embrace challenges, how you accept criticism, how you learn. Are you a lifelong learner or do you feel that learning is an event? And also how you just continue to focus on building abilities. On the flip side, the limiting mindset or the fixed mindset really looks at you know, are you someone that gives up easily? Do you avoid challenges? Are you threatened by the success of others? Do you have a desire to look smart, but maybe you don't feel that you know enough? Are you feeling that you're putting in effort and it's going nowhere? Are you accepting feedback? And do you believe that your abilities are fixed, that the experience that you have now will always be your experience? So you see the difference between how someone who believes that they can grow versus someone who believes that where they are is where they will always be. And the work that Carol Dweck completed has been very helpful. I remember when I read her book and I thought it was really important for me at the time. So the book is called Mindset, The New Psychology of Success. I loved that book because it really made me think about how I can either sabotage or either I can help myself achieve higher levels of success. Even if I don't have the experiences right now, it doesn't mean that I won't get them. It just means that I don't have them right now. That's what really fueled me to keep pushing that door, that door of opportunity for training and development. It was that mindset that helped me realize I don't have the experience, but you know what? I can go and get the education. So what I started to do was research the job that I wanted. I started to look at LinkedIn. I started to look at jobs outside of the company where I was to see what skill sets do I need. But I also looked at the jobs within the company. I wasn't able to get the jobs within the company. But what I learned from that experience was that there were a multitude of different classes that I could take, different ways that I could build that experience, but I had to start looking outside because I kept looking inward where I was saying, okay, what do I need to do to get promoted? What do I need to do? What do I need to do to change my career? But when I started to look outward, there was a world of possibility. I saw there are certificate programs I can enroll in to get experience. 
in those programs, I had an opportunity to work with other companies while I still kept my job. So it was more so like an internship, but it was a project-based course that allowed me to gain experience. So by me looking outside of where I was, I learned I can gain experience in unconventional ways. But if I would have kept looking at the situation and the fact that I kept getting turned down because I didn't have the experience, like I said previously, I would have stopped. I wouldn't have had the motivation to keep going because that power of suggestion at work, even from other people saying, oh, wow, I wouldn't have been able to do that. Or I did that and I had a hard time breaking into a new career field. Are you sure you want to do that? Do you want to go back to school and incur more debt? That was a real conversation. And while it was something I considered, I didn't allow it to stop me. Because again, as I mentioned, even well-meaning, the intention behind it was to make sure that I didn't get into unnecessary debt. But I realized from my research that I needed to get that experience in order to move forward. So what I learned from those different experiences in my own mindset is that I have to look at and take inventory of where I am, what I believe, what I want to see in my reality. And what's funny um, is that when I was researching this, when I mentioned the article from Psychology Today, they even talk about how when people suggest things to you, like say for instance, someone tells you based on their experience, that medical procedure will really hurt. You go into that operating room or you go to the hospital thinking this is going to really hurt. So you set up in your mind these expectations that it's going to really hurt. Take for instance, pregnancy. I heard some horror stories before I gave birth to my daughter. Let me tell you, I never felt any pain. Now, granted, it was a scary experience, but I personally never felt any pain whatsoever. I never felt a contraction because we ended up having to have an emergency C-section. And while it was scary, the thought of having a C-section, in hindsight, I said, oh my gosh, I prayed for a smooth delivery. And even though the experience wasn't set up to appear to be smooth, the delivery process was smooth in a sense that I never had any pain. And my recovery went well. I didn't have any complications from my surgery, but in the moment, I was so afraid. When the doctor came in or the anesthesiologist, excuse me, when they came in to give me the epidural because I needed it in order to have the surgery, I was freaked out because I remember when I was 16, I encountered a young lady who had been paralyzed on one side because of the epidural. So that shaped my view and that shaped my experience of what I had seen where someone had an epidural and it was unsuccessful. Meanwhile, I knew way more people who had successful pregnancies and births, even with the epidural. But what I remembered was that one isolated incident where someone did not have a good experience and it freaked me out. So when they came in, I was crying. I remember my husband having to hold my hand and we were praying. And as they were administering the epidural, I was singing, Jesus loves me because I was so afraid. And I had this expectation that it was going to really hurt and be horrible. And 
honestly, it wasn't that bad. I was grateful for it because like I said, I never felt any pain, no contractions. I didn't feel the surgery. I was awfully cold in that room, but that was it. And so now when I look back, I said, it really does make an impact. Another example that they gave is with regard to working with people in the workplace or working with people in general. If someone suggests that this person is difficult to work with or that this person is difficult to get along with, your expectation when meeting them, you may self-sabotage and put up barriers because in your mind, this is a difficult person. What I like to do is say, you know what? I'll form an opinion for myself. So I might be aware that other people have had negative experiences with someone, but I don't let that impact how I treat that person. And my grandmother always told me that, my great-grandmother, God rest her soul, she always said, treat people with respect and love everyone. You may not like their ways, but love everyone. And that was something that stuck with me. So I typically will walk into a situation, even if I've heard horror stories about how other people have experienced life or situations, I walk into it giving that person a clean slate, knowing that I don't know the full story. And also, I don't know what situations may have led up to where they are. Do I put my guard down completely and say, and pretend that there weren't things that have happened? Absolutely not. But what I don't do is try to form an opinion or based how I treat someone based on the experiences or opinions of others. Because I may have a totally different experience, but if I go in thinking that this is going to be a horrible interaction or this is going to be difficult, then I may do things that may make that situation more difficult. And one thing that I would like to share, and I learned this throughout my work in the diversity sector, Confirmation bias is the tendency to search for, interpret, favor, and recall information in a way that confirms or supports one's prior beliefs or values. And that is defined by Nickerson. And what's interesting is that how we see things, we can literally confirm those things based on what we believe. So the book is called Confirmation Bias, A Ubiquitous Phenomenon in Many Guises. It's from the Review of General Psychology. But confirmation bias is something that is real, that is alive and well. Because what we do sometimes is we will select information that supports our views, ignoring any information that doesn't support our views. So then we may make a case based on what we believe. So the example that I like to use is if someone believes that young people don't tip and they're a server, for instance, they provide the table of young patrons with poor service. The patrons are then you know, offended or they may feel how they feel like, oh my gosh, this service was horrible. They don't tip. The person who provided the poor service will believe that the reason they didn't tip was because they're young, not because of how they treated them. And so I like to use that example because there are so many times in life where this confirmation bias is at play, where we believe the through the power of suggestion, what other people have said, 
or maybe our own self-limiting thoughts about a situation, and then we we keep it going. So literally, it's a vicious cycle that you can't get out of unless you make a conscious effort to get out of it and you take a step back and say, okay, wait a minute, let me evaluate this situation from all angles. What did they do? What did I do? So that really helps me put things in perspective as I go through life because it allows me to see, is there bias at play or is this really what I think it is? Sometimes it really is what it, what you think it is. So don't get me wrong. I'm not saying be naive, but what I'm suggesting is that it's important to be thoughtful and to reflect. So with regard to life, we are what we think. We do what we think. We also utilize those suggestions to impact how we go about life, how we do life. Hi, Fit fans. We hope you are enjoying this episode. Please be sure to rate the show, subscribe, leave us a comment to let us know how you feel. You can also visit our website at ccamericapodcast.com, which you can follow the blog and subscribe so you never miss an update. When we're able to really live in the moment and see situations for what they are, it allows us to be aware but then also not allow what we're hearing to impact us, especially if it's a negative suggestion, whether that suggestion is coming from us internally, coming from the media, coming from friends and families, coming from strangers. It doesn't matter where that negative message is coming from. We just have to recognize what it is and then maybe do some more research on what those suggestions are and how they influence us. And then figure out who we listen to. Who are we taking these suggestions from? Are these trusted advisors or are these people who are just giving us their opinion? You take, for instance, social media today. Everyone has an opinion about everything. But if you're being trolled on social media and you believe what the trolls say about you, imagine how that will change your experiences and how you respond to life. If you were once this person who was really excited and you felt like I can change the world and then some trolls on social media tell you that you suck for lack of better words, if you believe that, then you may start to dim your light because you have allowed the power of suggestion to make you feel less than. And we already talked about our mindset. Do you have a fixed mindset where you believe that who you are, what you do is limited? Or do you have a growth mindset where you believe that you can continue to grow, you can evolve, you can change, you can achieve higher, you can do more, you can be more? So consider those things and realizing that how we think about ourselves really impacts everything. And from a scriptural perspective, there are a lot of different scriptures that talk about our mindset. Philippians 4.8 tells us to think about things that are positive. So it says, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. 
when we start to think about the positive, we start to see more positive things happen in our lives. And even when we encounter setbacks and things that are not so positive, we encounter it a different way. So ironically, this past week, I had a, a medical scare. I went to the doctor and they said I needed to go to the emergency room right away um, for further testing to make sure that what they thought it was wasn't really what it was. And so I had done some research and I could have chosen the path of believing that this is a life-threatening situation and I could potentially be in admitted to the hospital and needing, you know, additional treatment and further observance. Or I could go in thinking, okay, God, this is scary, but I know that you got me and I'm grateful that I noticed an issue enough to be able to escalate it and go talk to a doctor. When I talked to the doctor, was I scared? Absolutely. Did I cry? I did. But I was also very hopeful that if I really did have that medical situation, that they, the doctors, that God would allow them to see it when they did the additional testing. Thankfully, in my case, they ruled out what the original doctor believed based on my symptoms, and they were able to send me home. But I remember being in the hospital, and there were other people that were going through much more serious situations. And I thought to myself, you know what, I'm just grateful to be alive. I'm okay. And considering the alternatives, I can sit here in this hallway until they're able to come and see me and, and let me know what's going on. But I'm just glad that I was able to come and get tested to make sure that I was okay. And the doctor said, you are one of the most patient patients that I have seen. And I said, well, considering, you know, everything else that happens in life and the things that other people go through, I feel like, you know, this is just a minor inconvenience and, you know, I'm just happy that I got a good result. So it's okay that, you know, I have to wait a little bit longer because they didn't have any rooms in the, the emergency area. And I said, you know, it's okay. And she said, wow, that's a good perspective. She said, but your situation could have very well been serious had your ultrasound results come back showing that you had an issue. And I said, I recognize that it could have been worse, but I'm grateful that it's not. So my research told me that I should be afraid. And I was to a degree, but then I also allowed my faith to kick in to say, okay, God, I trust you. If I do have this issue, I pray that you allow the doctors to see it so that we can work on stopping it from becoming a worse situation or a life-threatening situation. If we can figure out what it is, we can stop it. Because my research also showed me that early detection is key. So thankfully that situation now is done, but I do have some new action items and things that I need to do to keep myself healthy. So I share that to say what we think about really does influence how we experience situations and things. And it goes back to that growth mindset. Proverbs 23, seven, as someone thinks within himself, so is he. That is so true. What we think about ourselves, people may suggest things to us about how we should think about ourselves, but if we know that is contrary to who we are, and I'm not saying don't take feedback. Feedback is great. I think you have to 
take a step back and take inventory, like I mentioned before, looking at the, the good and the bad, saying, okay, what is my role in why they may feel the way that they feel about me? Or is this someone who is purposely trying to tear me down? You have to understand the heart of the person who is giving you the suggestion or the feedback and look at, okay, is this coming from a good place where they're trying to help me? Or is this person projecting their own fears onto me? Or maybe there's some underlying reason why this person is telling me this because maybe, maybe they don't want you to get ahead. You just really never know the reason behind why someone says what they say. And the only thing you can do is ask more questions to get clarification on why they feel how they feel or why they, why they are saying what they're saying. But because you're not in their head, you don't know why they may be suggesting to you the things that they are. The only thing that you can do is to decide what suggestions will you take to heart? What suggestions will you consider? And what suggestions will you dismiss? depending on what it is. What we do know, according to 2 Timothy 1.7, is that God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. And some people say power, love, and a sound mind. And it is so true. It is so true. How we think impacts so much of what happens in our lives. It's so amazing how life works. But at the end of the day, it's up to us to choose what we believe. And in Romans 12, it tells us to, to not copy the behavior and customs of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Then we will learn to know God's will for us, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So there's a lot of other scriptures on thinking, but I hope these are just a few just to encourage you to really reconsider or think about the things that you've been thinking about. Literally, I know Joyce Myers always says, think about what you've been thinking about. <laughs> and so it has a new meaning for me. So this morning I was thinking about the power of suggestion. And it's funny, I had actually gotten the message a few days ago earlier in the week, but I wasn't quite sure how I was going to spin it or what I was going to talk about. The vision for the message became clearer and clearer as the days went on. And I realized the direction in which I want to take this is the direction in which we are now. It is really focusing on how the power of suggestion is at work in our lives. So we can choose what we take from the suggestions that other people give us. I've heard people refer to it as take the meat and spit out the bones. You make a decision about what you truly believe about yourself, about what you can do and what you can achieve in life. Other people can have an opinion. They can tell you about their personal experiences. That doesn't always mean that will be your experience. That also doesn't mean that those experiences you should completely dismiss. I think everyone has to take stock and figure out what it means for them and also what they want to happen in their own lives. So what I've learned is by consistently focusing on what I think about and considering what I think about and also reminding myself to shift my mindset on a daily basis because it's so easy to allow 
the negative to creep in, that has really helped me a lot. I really do take inventory of that. I've been told for years I'm too nice. And I was like, what does that mean? What is being too nice? Isn't nice a good thing? I thought that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to be nice and treat people how I want to be treated. But I was told in the workplace for years that I was too nice and that I could never be a leader. But I lead every day. People look to me for inspiration. And I realized that a title doesn't define me as a leader. I get to choose. And I have had many leadership experiences from managing projects to leading a team of people to leading and inspiring people even indirectly. So if I had allowed what people said about nice people to impact me as a leader or to impact how I serve others or to impact, you know, if I even applied for the job, I wouldn't be where I am today. I really wouldn't. I wouldn't have had the experiences that I've had today because I would have allowed those limiting beliefs to tell me I don't deserve to be in the room. I don't deserve to be at the table. But when I realize that I do, oh, there's no stopping me because I realize now at the end of the day, we put our pants on one leg at a time. And for some people, it may be more difficult because of their life situations or their experiences, but that doesn't make us any better than anyone else. God is no respecter of persons. And at the end of the day, we can esteem ourselves highly, but that doesn't mean we have to put others down. It just means that we all have different experiences. We all have different beliefs. We all have different values and upbringings. And how we approach life is based on those collective experiences that we have gone through. That doesn't mean we should limit someone else's, but it also means that we should be mindful to protect our space and what we allow in. So if you find that a lot of the messages that you're receiving are negative in nature, it's up to you to shift that narrative. So I hope that you have been encouraged by this message today. I hope that you learned something um, with regard to life and how you allow suggestions to impact how you think about yourself or how you think about situations and how you may approach them. And before we wrap up, um, today I'm going to do something a little bit different. I usually close in either prayer or with an affirmation. So for me, I will share one of my own personal affirmations. And it's something that I started doing. Sometimes I struggle. Um, I do. And I want to improve on that. I really want to get back to stating my affirmations on a daily basis so that I don't forget who I am. And so one of my affirmations that I wrote down is, there is no condemnation in my mind because I'm a child of God. I live by grace. I live by spirit. I walk in spirit. I am holy. I am God's daughter. The grace of God is my fuel. His grace gives me energy every day. I live and act by the word. And some of my mindset affirmations, they came from reading Miracle Morning. And I encourage you, if you haven't read that book, it is an amazing book. It really does help you think about 
what you're thinking about and also approaching your day. It's a book by Hal Elrod, but that book was really helpful. And so I just started to jot down different affirmations um, like Holy Spirit, help me, help me to transform my mind, build the mind of Christ in me. Letting God know I am open, I am available, change my mind, let the word of God dwell in my mind richly. I want to see change in my life. God is the changer in my life. And then I wrote down scriptures that focus specifically on my mindset. Because what we think is really an important part of who we are, what we do, and what we can achieve. So on that note, thank you so much for tuning in. And until next time, be blessed. This episode of the CC America podcast is being sponsored by Confident Connotations, creating Christian apparel and accessories that promotes confidence, inspires life, and sparks conversation. Each design is carefully crafted, giving you an opportunity to share your faith. Visit confidentconnotations.com for more information. Thank you for supporting the CC America podcast. We are really grateful that you tune in each and every week. We believe in inspiring the world. So let's help make the CC America podcast the number one podcast for self-improvement, education, religion, and spirituality. This will allow us to inspire, uplift, and transform even more lives. How you can help is by leaving us a rating as well as a comment to show your support for the show. Also, you can now buy us a coffee. If you've benefited from the CC America podcast and you just want to show support, while it's not required, it is greatly appreciated. You can now buy me a coffee at www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash CC America. You can also subscribe to the show via any of the major podcast platforms. All of the links are available at www.ccamericapodcast.com. This is also where you can subscribe to our blog.